0: Hey music makers, today's episode is sponsored by Caulfield Cables, an awesome boutique family-owned business out of California making high-quality, high-fidelity, and beautiful instrument cables. They can do all kinds of custom orders, whatever you need, and they're happy to announce the launch of their new HD series of cable. If you saw our giveaway a couple weeks ago, you saw this beautiful cable that's made with Summer Spirit LLX, has the flexibility and durability you need, as well as a distinction of being the lowest capacitance cable on the market, keeping your signal clear at an amazing 15.8 picofarad per feet. It's perfect for work in the studio or on the stage and combined with the colors that they're known for you'll have a cable that will stand out from everything else so be sure to check out Caulfield Cables their info is in the show notes for their website and their Instagram page and give them a shout send them some make more music family love tell them that Chris sent you all right on with the show Hey, music makers, welcome back to Make More Music, the podcast connects you to music and one another. My name's Chris, and I'm a board-certified music therapist, and we interview all kinds of music professionals to show you how people are doing cool things, making a living, building careers and families on their passion in the music and music-related industries. So thanks for joining us. As always, I want you to tell me how you're doing. Hit me up on Instagram at make.more.music. Uh, you can send me an email at podcast at gmail.com and tell me what's going on in your world. I just transitioned back into being in my clinic inside these four walls and it's just interesting navigating all the new policies and how we're going to keep things extra safe and uh, what we're doing. So we're not even seeing people really in the clinic yet. We're figuring all that part out and uh, keeping the internet, the telehealth thing going, but What are you up to? How are your things going? I'm glad to have that work-life separation again after months of it all being melded together. But um, today I've got a great interview for you. Before we get into that, I want to tell you there's a new music shout-out from Brian Mackey at the end of the episode, so stick around to hear that as the bumper on the way out. other than that, I got my friend, you've heard a lot about him already, Asher from Caulfield Cables. Asher is an awesome guy. He talks a lot about him and his family's transition into now full-time running a boutique guitar cable industry serving high-fidelity, awesome instrument cables that look amazing to preserve your signal, to look great, to feel great, and just to stand out from the crowd. So you're going to love hearing about Caulfield cables, and the bumper that you heard at the top of the episode, that HD series cable is actually available as of last Thursday, so if you're listening way in the future, it's been out, but check it out, Uh, it's like straight diesel, It's you get the full signal coming through, so it is a lot, it sounds great, Uh, and it's studio quality, and it's not outrageously expensive, so uh, be sure to check them out, support Caulfield Cables, give them some love as our inaugural sponsor and let's get an into it. This is Asher from Caulfield Cables on make more music. All right, Asher, welcome, uh, from Caulfield Cables. Obviously, if people have been listening in the past little while, they've heard, uh, a lot about your stuff and about coffee cables and how awesome it is, um, especially being our inaugural sponsor, the first guy to take a risk on, on Make More Music. <laughs> so we've been chatting for, you know, a couple months now, and uh, I really love everything that you do. I love uh, your all's family business, really. I love the emphasis on, you know, your wife and your toddlers and uh, just that drew me a lot, as well as how awesome your cables are, how beautiful they look, and uh, I'm excited to get into this, man. How's your day going so far, though? It's early for you, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's just after 8 a.m., so I am still working my way through my first cup of coffee on that, and uh, yeah, so my day's going pretty well to get started mm. on there, but yeah, it, hey, I'm super excited to be here and glad to, I did not I'm I'm glad to be the inaugural sponsor of you guys love the podcast and everything so hey I love it
0: it's awesome that's good well we'll be kind to you and nobody um, nobody can be too harsh about your responses because you're still in your first cup of coffee so that's <laughs> like I don't feel like a human till I've had like two so yeah um, no, I hear you I did notice that though before we even get into the rapid fire You did a really cool partnership with a a coffee company recently,
1: right? Yeah. So Bridge Coffee Company out here in Yuba City. um, We wanted to do something where we could kind of share something we love about where we live um, with people because we chose to live here. You know, we love Yuba City. We love what it's about. Um, For those that don't know, it's, you know, it's outside of Sacramento. So Central California here, but we wanted to partner with somebody that we enjoyed their product and kind of could share something about our our city on there. So yeah, we partnered with them. We made a our cappuccino colored cable. Um, nice. So you know, kind of brought the whole coffee and cables and you know our our silly pun, our play on word of hot coffee you know, you know, Yeah, that's good. Old I, love plus. Um, yeah, I love it. But did that got a chance to get that out to. Um, we made a limited run of 10 and then that sold out really quick on those. And so the plan is, is that we're going to partner up with another local coffee company out in this area and kind of just share some more stuff about Northern Central California. And I mean, who doesn't love coffee? I mean, that's just kind of,
0: so yeah, that's awesome. What a good idea. And I love the local focus and just leaning into that as a brand, and like you said, as a community. So, well, before we get into everything else, let's go ahead and start the rapid fire. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's go.
0: All right. Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever you
1: listen to music
0: on. Uh, what
1: was the last track you listened to? The last track that I listened to, let's see here, was, I have to pull it up. If you're not counting children's bedtime music.
0: Uh, I mean, we've had Baby Shark make an appearance on the
1: podcast before. <laughs> I mean, so if we're being real honest, it, the last track that I listened to was the instrumental version of Baby Mine from Dumbo. Okay. So that was the last thing trying to get my classic
0: myself. Dumbo or new Dumbo?
1: Classic Dumbo okay solid solid all right so, what's the
0: last thing you listened to as dad
1: not as <laughs> the last thing that i listened to um was um a song called creature by a band called half alive mm, i don't know that tell me about them a little bit um so they're a band um i i honestly don't know like a super much about their history just their music is very it's it's very indie pop but it's it's got some crazy syncopation in there some like the beats in there that have come out there are really just out there a bit, and they also their music videos are kind of known because they have some very cool coordinated dance moves that are in there. Ooh. It's a great, it's a great three piece um, band out there. But yeah, um, I stumbled like honestly stumbled across them last year because um, huge fan of Mute Math and Paul Meany, oh, nice. and those guys, and he produced a couple of the tracks on their album. I'm like, I'm gonna check them out. Ah that's very cool that's how that happened there
0: very cool very cool all right you can take this as specifically or as you know broadly and generically or as plainly or as philosophically as you want to take it people have done people have done all of this but if you were an instrument what would you be
1: oh if i was an instrument what would i be so deep down in my soul i feel that i am a drummer Mm, okay and i feel like i connect with drums and rhythm and keeping things driving and moving so maybe okay a little philosophical here um
0: i like it i like it
1: it's kind of how i keep going and so i've always felt like i am a drummer on the inside (laughs) i just never took the time to actually play drums um (laughs) is the problem i always stuck with string instruments but that's where i've always kind of felt is like just feeling the rhythm, keep things moving, keep things going. Um, and yeah, so I think if I was an instrument, I would be, I'd be some drums.
0: Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, well, like, um, I've talked with a couple of people here recently. I think none of us would have thought in March we'd still be here. So with everything that's going on, um, you know, in the world personally with you, what's something that's been inspiring you recently?
1: So I think a lot of things that have been inspiring me is seeing how, uh, despite everything that's going on, like how much local small communities and even big cities, like people are really diving in to ensure that things that they love about their city or town or wherever they are are still surviving through everything that's going on. You know, out here in California, we still, you know, inside dining is, is completely banned like you can't go into a restaurant or anything mm. there's it's still curbside pickup but um the local fairgrounds since this year we're not the fair's not going on the fair has been canceled this yeah, year
0: same same here
1: yeah <laughs> they donated all the picnic benches from the fairgrounds to all the local restaurants and the city passed an ordinance so they can take up their parking spaces however and all these restaurants have built their own like outdoor dining area and it's amazing wow. to see how every night you, you'll you just drive around town and they're packed you know they're just they're full of people they're full of locals that are here that don't want their local restaurants to to go anywhere because be honest like the big chains they have the money to survive <laughs> like they will they'll make yeah, it through sure. they may have to shutter a few doors but they'll probably still be around after all this it's your local restaurants, it's your local music stores, it's your all these things that are really impacted and how local communities are are really ensuring that they survive and get through this this phase and this season,
0: yeah, I mean, I think we'll be paying for the effects of all of this, and it just goes to show like uh you know a lot of those places had to operate on thin margins anyways,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know it's fragile. And when you take out the equation, you know, online shopping was already a thing, right? You know, so I know music stores, I'm very worried about the future of a lot of the brick and mortar stores.
1: Yep. Music stores, like concert venues, yeah, any of that stuff. My dad works for a, um, a ticketing company, you know, kind of like a live nation kind of thing, but, um, uh, works for those. And I mean, he hasn't worked since this whole thing started because there's no concerts, nor do they seem like they will be anytime soon. And so what are those venues oh, going to do?
0: Yeah. The longer it goes on, the more it seems like we are going to have to hold out for a vaccine, which is crazy, but yes. Oh, we'll just keep trucking. Huh? Jeez. Yep. yep. Um, On a kind of different take here, what in your life, it could be something related to something you do professionally or something you do personally, but what's a pro tip or a hack that you do regularly that you feel like people should know about?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Pro tip. Um, So I am... (laughs) this is a little maybe OCD, but it's a pro tip that I think I do. <laughs> like um, I'm always have this like massive fear that I'm going to break a string and then immediately break more than one string because I play kind of hard. So pro tip for me is like, I carry like three sets of strings <laughs> in my hey, bag at all cool. times. Instead of like one or whatever, I don't know. Cause you never know how many strings or what may happen. I've been enough gigs or whatever that hey my pro tip is like carry more than one back one one pack of strings in your bag at all times
0: yep i uh this was the first week i had been able to go back and do stuff on the worship team and mm-hmm. luckily i made it to the last song of the last set but i broke a string as well and the last time i played i broke a string on the first song of the first set so you know i made it a little bit further <laughs> oh uh, yep for sure um let's see total different pivot what's your go-to junk food
1: oh man go-to junk food i know it's a hard one <sighs> so, so many options. i'm gonna stay away from the stereotypical answer like california boy answer and say pizza because i feel like that's always like Californians, I think, are a little spoiled by pizza sometimes because we have so many different mm. kinds. But my honest, like, go-to honest junk food that I go to is like, I just need that salty, crunchy <laughs> thing. It is Cheetos. Ooh, like, solid! If you open up a bag of Cheetos, like, you need to take them away from me, or I yep. will eat the entire bag of Cheetos.
0: Orange hands, yeah. Orange,
1: orange fingers, and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just me. <laughs> no, totally.
0: Uh, man, I. In middle school, I must have eaten so like my body weight in hot fries and hot Cheetos. Like <laughs> like we had a little, they called it the stop and rob right outside my uh, middle school and high school because mm-hmm. uh, my high school was in a not good part of town. And um, yeah, yeah, we would go in and get like a, a Gatorade and hot Cheetos every day before school. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: And that was nutrition, right? That was like, yeah, Gatorade and Cheetos. I got my, I got everything. Well, that
0: was around the time they were starting to, you know, pull my vending machines out of my schools. And so we had to, you know, we had to rough it and survive on our own. Right.
1: Yeah. I think you can thank California for that. I think we started that trend of like, why do you need vending machines? Which I don't agree with, but whatever. (laughs) That's a different topic. And we're over here in Kentucky.
0: We're like, don't touch my guns. and don't touch my vending machines. You know, <laughs> uh, that's good. So, um, lastly, this can be any individual, you know, a friend, it's going to be a project, some, something that's going on or an organization, somebody doing cool stuff, but somebody that you think deserves a shout out.
1: Oh man. So many people. Uh-huh. um, that I know that are working on so many cool things. So I'm sure I'll get hate for not saying everybody, but if I were to say one, there can one,
0: only be one. Um <laughs> can yes.
1: only be one. <laughs> um, so if you haven't checked out the band partial cell, you need to check out the band partial cell. Hmm. Um, they are a, it's acoustic, funky with like some like synth bass like some funky bass lines. I mean, it's all over the place. Um, it is all over the place. I checked him out on something that you posted. I was like, this okay, is wild. It's wild. Now, <laughs> preface this um, I am biased on this. The James, the singer and guitar mm-hmm. player, has been my friend since junior high, and I will admit that any project he does. I'm always 100% behind. He there just, you go. He, musical genius. He has this mindset, and uh, the bass player is my brother, and the synth player has also been a friend of mine since junior high. So I'm biased, but you definitely need to check them out because <laughs> just is
0: crazy. I love that's it. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you acknowledge your bias, that's the first step, right? I so. will
1: fully. I will fully admit to my bias there.
0: <laughs> that's good. Well, cool. Well. Before we get into, because I know you've been sharing a lot recently about your kind of musical history. And I think everybody is is dying at all the funny ska 90s, you know, uh, bleached hair, uh-huh. drag, dragon button up shirts. Oh, and man, yeah. So tell me a little bit about. Um, first, I want you to take. I think I can hear. Uh, they're having fun upstairs, so. Forgive, forgive all of us for that. But um, I figured between mine and yours, we would definitely hear noise. I'm so sure it's kidding. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so take me back to when you were growing up and maybe back as far as you can remember, remember as far as what are some of your first musical memories?
1: So my parents were massive music fans still to this day um my dad is like will be like hey check out this band from like some crazy random band from the middle of nowhere that is like he found like so like my parents were very into music so my early memories have always been like um like just listening to music with my parents either in the car Um, my dad definitely fell into the camp of the more crazy like just funky music like things that were just out there you know jazz influences all this stuff was very his his bag and my mom was definitely like top 40 hits kind of deal so i had a very nice mold uh, like melding yeah. all of that um and so and i've said it a, a million times on things is like as a child like i grew up hating steely dan like it was like i hated steely dan like it was the (laughs) biggest thing because my parents always listened to steely dan i'm like oh what is this and now i'm just like why did i hate that like it is one of like steely dan still to this day i'm just like put on a steely you know put on a steely dan record i'm in my yeah they say
0: that you come back to those things yeah so i'm still (laughs) repairing my uh relationship with the grateful dead but it's, it's it's there But yeah, that was the thing that was like constant in my growing up was the Grateful Dead. So I have a weird relationship that like, you know, I like it still, but I'm not to the point where I'm like actively listening to it, I think, as Mm -hmm. much as like you are. But I definitely know the feeling like I I had the point at some point as a young adult going, oh, I can see why people like this. Like, this is this is good. You know, this is good stuff. So uh, you have this awesome eclectic musical childhood Mm -hmm. at what what point do you first start learning and picking up instruments
1: so um my dad was my dad played guitar for a long time so we always you know used to it's so funny because I see my kids do it now with my guitars where it's just like great oh like we're gonna pick it up and we're just gonna bang on the strings and like turn all the knobs and do all the stuff and it drives me crazy but I always (laughs) go back to like I remember sitting on my parents' bed doing the exact same thing. Like, what do these knobs do? I'm just going to turn them. And, um, it's a hard line between
0: like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, you can touch it. Just oh, be careful. It's like a very tense, like, I want you to like this, but please be careful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like we bought them like for Christmas. All right. It was a Christmas. Anyway, we bought them ukuleles for their, you know, just some, which is great. Cause you can get like $20 kids yeah.
0: ukuleles. Yeah,
1: exactly. and, I'm just like, have fun, play. And like, they do. But it's like, every time they get it, they're just like, let me turn all the tuning pegs and everything. And I'm like, inside of me, I'm like, you're enjoying yourself. But man, that hurts me. I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> it's like, do, it's like some weird, like they're strumming, and it's like some weird diminished augmented chord somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, it's Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, get it. Like, just tune that one peg so it at least. <laughs> the dissonance isn't killing my inside yeah anyway so always grew up doing that and then in i guess pretty sure it was a freshman in high school maybe even junior it would, maybe it would have been like eighth grade at the time um my brother and i really you know wanted to play guitar like that was just our thing and wanted to get into the, you know just wanted to do that and so my grandfather owned a pawn shop or owned um the property like on the buildings there was a pawn shop inside one of the buildings he owned cool he had a good relationship with the owner so we got like my brother got a bass, and i got a guitar some no name you know so mine was like some parts caster you know the time that, that all i remember probably weighed like 20 pounds like when i look back <laughs> like i my first memory of guitars are like why are these things so heavy i'm like they shouldn't be heavy <laughs> that's not the point that's hilarious um it builds character builds character um And so we got those at the end of junior high or whatever it was, and I remember all summer just doing like like we just got the internet and got the computer and yeah. going online and was like was like oh tabs are a thing what is this thing like and just going in and printing up I had like a binder like yep. stacked up of like all these different tabs for music and I'm like I'm just gonna learn how to play all these songs and. Just spent the entire summer that year just learning how to play music. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where we started at that point in time. And it's stuck ever since. So,
0: that I started in middle school as well. And I've said it to a lot of people, but I think there's something special about getting an instrument at a time like, uh, like if a kid got an instrument now, you know, it's the same in quarantine as. Mm middle school cuz you know middle school you can't like easily go hang out with your friends yep you yep. can't yeah you know, and you you can't drive yet and but you're starting to develop your identity and you're listening to your own music and i was the same way like i practiced so much like the first 2 years of guitar i got so much better than like i probably haven't <laughs> in, in the past 15 but uh uh huh yep but uh yeah, so tell me a little bit about these awesome bands that you were a part of. What are some of the names of your bands because uh those are some pretty sweet throwback picks i 'm gonna have to upload a couple of my throwback picks when the episode comes out just to just to be fair and authentic and vulnerable like you are <laughs>
2: um
1: so let 's see so um so the first band that I started was a band called um called shoebox mafia was the the first band Solid.
0: it was i love these names they're so good i yeah. love when people share their old band names
1: yeah so we literally were me and um me and my friend chris who played trumpet and so it was like we're gonna start a ska band like this is what we're gonna do like we we're at the whole like ska influence of the early 90s when are coming on there Yep. we're like all right like let's start a ska band like what do we call it and i And, like, so every morning before school, like, we stopped by this place called Muffin Street. So, we're like, let's call it Muffin Street Mafia. And, like, we just happened to see this shoebox on the top of a cabinet somewhere. We're like, no, let's go with Shoebox Mafia. And that has always stuck. So, yeah. So, Shoebox shoebox Mafia. And then there was um, Everyone's Dead Hero was another one Ooh, after that. that's edgy yeah. that was that was edgy on that one um then after everyone's dead hero then i was in um a band called monthly promo was the next one and
0: that's meta i like that Very <laughs> these meta. Are, these names are getting more and more interesting too
1: and there's always you know it's because at the time we worked at like at a tool shop and a yeah, stupid thing. Yeah, yeah. They had the little stamp that they would always put on the postcards like monthly promo. And I'm like, let's call our band monthly promo. Um, so we called it monthly promo. And that one stuck for a while. And then I was in a band called Um for a short time I was in a band called Under the Knife. It was another one Ooh, which is very edgy. like yeah. another edgy one. Yeah. And then after that, then I started Caulfield was the next band that I was in. And so it was at that was like the one band that I felt really connected to because mm. like it was like this idea that I had is like it it went deep. Like we could have like a two hour podcast of everything I envisioned this band doing. do like doing.
0: I feel you. Mine was um, called Godspeed. That was my band <laughs> in high school. And we, you yeah, know, before <laughs> we had finished our EP, we were already like planning our third worldwide tour. Oh, yeah
1: i know how it goes um so yeah so we picked caulfield and that band lasted for a while um we did some things here and there and uh, it was one of the few musical like few bands that i was in that we could just like hey we have a show coming up do you want to practice yeah and like we just had it or like we as a band, we were very well synced together. I mean, we probably could be like 100 times better if we actually decided to practice together as a band, but yeah, you know. The natural synergy was good, though. Yeah, yeah naturally, natural synergy was good. Um, but yeah, well, so I, that's, that's how that went. Yeah,
0: I knew that Caulfield came from your old band, but where did Caulfield come from?
1: So Caulfield comes from Holden Caulfield, the character in ah, Catcher okay. in the Rye. Um, a lot of... A lot of people thought like, especially with this, with Caulfield Cables, the general assumption is that people think my last name is Caulfield um, was how things went. But yeah, it came from Catcher in the Rye. Um, I like I, it. I enjoy the book. Like, it's not like someone's like, is that your favorite book? I'm like, no, it just it just fit. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be a,
0: uh, yeah, a reason reason. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it, it just good. works, yeah. Exactly. I like it. It does have a good ring to it and everything. And now with the company too, it's the alliteration. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, tell me about your path from kind of that point of I don't know where does Caulfield leave us off. Is that still in high school or are you you out of high school at that point? Uh, or what does at it look like? that
1: point, uh, let's see. Caulfield was that was after that was after high school into college, post college. Okay, of so. Weekend. And it,
0: it was pretty permanent. It stuck around for a while too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what is kind of the path between um, you know, that kid that was, you know, playing in ska bands to getting to where you are now? Because I know you have a a long corporate background as well. Mm-hmm. So uh what has it looked like that shift and you know, where was this spark of deciding I'm going to go from being the guy in the band to making these high quality cables for musicians. Tell me a little bit about that path to getting there.
1: Yeah. So um, the main thing that I always like, the one thing that I took away from all these years in a band and it's, it's funny. You talked about my old pictures is like, I talked like, I think one of the photos I posted on some story on there with this old amp that I had, like where it was just, I guess in this punk rock mentality of like, it doesn't matter how bad my tone sounds like that's that makes it even cooler right like because it's just it's so bad that it's cool but i began to realize like all right there's like this thing called tone and i really should find out like i like the way things sound like what does
0: imagine that music (laughs) yeah
1: like what does treble mid and bass mean like okay i get treble and bass you know what are mids and how does that play into things and so one thing that I kind of started to realize during that time is what impacted my tone right like what were things that I was doing at that point like it was really just I think at some points like I ran with some pedals some points I just ran direct like into the amp and just like ran through like a distortion channel or like just maxed out the gain as much as I can. Like, so it was just completely broken up. What was I doing to impact tone? And as I went through that, there was a couple things that happened that I realized like there is a difference in the way my guitar sounds, the way things sounds when I use a cable that had, that I spent more money on. Like I didn't understand why, like, you know it was a lot of times like you grabbed whatever cable was sitting in somebody's back of their mm-hmm. car because they had a guitar cable i'm i'm almost positive mm-hmm. i didn't use a speaker cable from my amp to my cabinet i'm pretty sure i just used a guitar cable because i was, definitely
0: uh, happens yeah yeah was, definitely happens
1: pretty sure it was a stupid kid was just kind of like yeah whatever sounds good um yeah. Are I know. they actually
0: different? Yeah. <laughs> As a teenager. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Sure. Um, what's the big difference? They both fit. They should all work. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I started doing investigation and started like figuring out like, okay, why does this cable make my guitar sound better than this cable? Why is this, you know, cheap one that I, you know, bought at the bargain bin. Why does it sound better here? And that's where I started finding out a little bit more and more about capacitance and how your guitar cable act you know basically just a, you a know, capacitor on there and there's resistance and how that impacts your tone the longer your cable goes the more resistance that's in there it's where you kind of get that rolling off of the high end it starts to sound a little bit more and more money and I thought I did not think I was a genius but I did think like I've stumbled on to, like, the most amazing thing in the entire world, and I'm going to keep it all to myself. Come to find out, <laughs> this is a very common knowledge thing, as I was helping somebody set up a um, exactly this church, the church that I'm a part of, like, when we were setting mm-hmm. up and listening to this um, experienced musician talk, like, oh, yeah, I'd never use a guitar cable longer than six feet, because it all this resistance, bowl. I'm like, okay, so, like, more and more, like, lots of people know about this, like, <laughs> It's it's a thing. Yeah, it's um, like I, I didn't Google it, but I had this feeling. No okay. kidding. like, and I knew kind of things. And at that point, I had been making like had been kind of tinkering with cables, making cables for people, kind of just like having the idea of like by testing out different cables that were out there, different products that were out there, things that I knew that I liked that made my guitar sound good. Like and just like, hey, try out this cable. Tell me what you think. How do you like this? And um. And so, like, the wheels started turning, like, all right, like there's other you know cable companies that are out there that do there's tons I mean, you can google out there there's a bunch of cable companies that are out there that are custom cable companies doing what we do, and it's all about just finding the right things that work for you and that make like make you want to play more music and that's really what we're about as a a company is why you know why spend all this money on these amps and pedals and guitars and stuff? And then, like, you're going to trust it all to, you know, the $10 cable that you get at, you know, Sam Ash or Guitar Center or something like that. So mm. that's kind of where our, how things came along, how I kind of discovered it, doing research, you know, obviously Googling all these things in my younger age as the internet got more and more prominent was like, all right, all this stuff. Um, but yeah, like, so that's where we kind of came from is this idea of like, great. We want to make cables that make people want to make music.
0: That's good, man. And I was talking with Sean Arbo recently about the same thing because we're just laughing about the fact that, you know, everybody still talks about, you know, what type of wood this electric guitar is made out of. And it's like you're forgetting the first word is electric you know uh-huh. there's, there's pickups there's the electrics in the guitar there's the thing that you're plugging it from one thing to the other and all the if you have a pedal board all the other little cables in between and i think yeah like we're so easy to say like let's do something fancy and change a pickup or let's uh or argue about set necks or argue about the type of wood when it's like Hey, you know this thing matters too, right? You know, yeah. it, is, it is an electrical signal going through an, an yeah. instrument. You know. So, um, tell me a little bit though. Back up in the like beginnings of making a cable, what were some of the things that uh, gave you the confidence to start tinkering? And uh, was it was this like YouTube videos, or were you talking with people? Um, how did you get the idea to start? Cutting up cables and making your own and things like that.
1: uh I think it's my natural. It started out as like a natural curiosity. You, know, so you think about it like as a young, like as a young guitar player, still in like high school you know, out of high school or you know that kind of times. Like, all right, you have this guitar cable, and at that point in time, again, like I wasn't necessarily really into this, but like I knew it. There was a difference, so it came into like, all right, what's inside of this? Like, what makes this tick? All right there's a ground and there's a contact like why did why is it set up this way what's going on with this like does it make a difference why are some cables you know why are they spun instead of braided what does that do to your cable and how that feels and everything so it was more of like a, a early curiosity of like um taking things apart just to see what's inside of it and see how things tick so i started doing that you know relatively early in my guitar playing days, just to kind of be like, Hey, this thing plugs into my guitar and into my amp. How does it work? <laughs> like what's inside of it? So I'd always been doing yeah, that. Totally. And then it wasn't until a few years ago, I was just like, all right, like I can do this. Like, let me figure out how to use a soldering, soldering iron. I'll figure this out. Um, I will say I wrecked a lot of cables and went <laughs> spent a lot of money. Cause I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. When I first started doing this. Um, but I'm always just like, I'll try it out first, and then if I can't figure it out then i'll I'll google you know I'll, I'll find something on YouTube, and there's plenty of people that are out there that 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 are making these that will show you how to do them on youtube um or making any kind of cables, but it's just kind of was a natural curiosity, so that's kind of how I got started was just to see what was inside and how it worked.
0: And that curiosity has then spiraled out of control into a full blown business. So
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me
0: a little bit about like that transition, um, from, you know, tinkering to, you know, probably it sounds like having friends asking for things and, you know, now you have this niche too, of these very beautiful, bright colors, vibrant, uh, cables as well. So what was kind of the development of your brand and how that has gotten you to hear,
1: yeah, so, and actually, you touched on the main point of it, and that was the the color aspect of it, like when I was thinking back, like or just even when you go into the guitar store today, a lot of the times all you find are just black guitar cables, and um, I worked you know one of my real jobs, if you will, at one point in time, is mm-hmm. I did work for a paint company, and um. So I kind of always had this thing of like color and wanting to learn color and how color plays with things and works out. And, and if you've ever, and I mean, for those that saw the senior photo that I posted in my, my stories here, I kind of had a thing for bright colors. Just kind of bright. <laughs> <laughs> and you That's brought good. up my, my silk dragon button up shirt. <laughs> so I, I had I,
0: I had one too. Yeah.
1: Mine I was had, blue.
0: I think I took my third grade pictures in that bad boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I always had a thing for bright color. And so even like my first guitars, it was always just kind of like, I wanted something bright and colorful. And so as I got older, I'm like, why aren't there guitar cables that have colors? Like you a lot of people don't realize like you express yourself through color. You do a lot of things with color. You pick, I mean, even I think of like guitars that I've I've amassed in my collection of guitars is like, And that makes it sound like I have a huge collection and that's not true, but (laughs) um, I always tend to go for things that have something that stands out that is different. um, That's bright. That just makes people think like, Oh, that's kind of interesting, you know? And so we really wanted to hone in with that on Caulfield cables because there's so many things that we do with our guitar rigs. Like the sound is great, right? We do it because the way it sounds a lot of times, but there's also a visual aspect so why mm. couldn't we apply yeah. that to cables like why 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 can't there be a purple weave guitar cable like why don't you usually see those out there like a neon pink that glows in under uv lights why isn't that something that more and more people are are, are available because like it's a cool thing and i think it it needs to visually appeal to you um before you want to buy it and so i think that's what we kind of le- le- uh, leaned into was the visual appeal. Something that stood out from everything else that's out there. Um, is just finding something that's just bright and flashy. It's part mentality.
0: Yeah. Part yeah. And I think that visual aesthetic part of art is definitely something to not be ignored. Like mm-hmm. if you're using it and you're performing, you know, that's a statement about yourself an expression of yourself as an artist, but it's also like, I think, utilitarian wise it's like hey you can't steal that i know that's my cable you know what i mean like right
1: there um yeah you bring that i mean you brought up the whole visual aspect and like art plays a big role in it for me too like i'm a very um like i'm in no way an art historian but i know art that really appeals to me and so like one of the artists that always stands out to me is Gustav Klimt and all of his like abstract just like how everything is just always like gold and bright colors and yeah. everything involved in that and I remember one year um, my mom took me to um Italy as a trip like she's taken all of her kids to Italy our family still lives in Italy we have roots out that way. Very um and so there was there was a Gustav Klimt exhibit in um a museum in Venice that we were at and I remember Going through that museum and just being like, I'd always seen like pictures of his paintings. And to so like to actually see it in front of you was like, there was this in something that's inside of me that was like, I want to own that. I know I will never own one. Like, there's, <laughs> I will never like they're all in museums. I will never own one. I'll never be worth a quarter of that, yes, <laughs> but, but I want to, and what stands out about that? And a lot of it was just like the visual, like the appearance of it. It just, it hit me. So yeah, that visual but aspect of visual
0: experiences, like the being, I feel that way about a lot of even high art in general. There's a lot of high art that I, if I'm at my house, I'm never in my life going to listen to an opera. But I've Mm -hmm. gone to an opera, and it's an interesting experience being there Mm -hmm. uh, in the same way that I usually don't casually listen to to death metal or black metal, at least not anymore. But man, (laughs) being at those shows, like total different Mm -hmm. experience, right? Yep, exactly. So to kind of shift a little bit, though, tell me a little bit about uh, for the layperson who you've hinted at a few of these things, but may not understand why it might matter, what makes a difference and what are some of the myths associated around cables?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the big myths in my opinion is that cables don't matter. Right. It's like, it's, it gets your signal from point A to point B. But like you, you said earlier, like it's an electrical signal. Things Mm -hmm. impact electrical signals on there. And so Capacitance plays a large role in your signal on there as you're running through. Like, my biggest recommendation to anyone that's ever playing any kind of guitar or anything, like, you know, people have asked me, like, hey, do I need to replace, like, I love the way your cable sounds. Should I replace all my cables on there? And I have to be like, as a business owner, yes, go for it. Replace all of your cables. If I'm being honest. Yes, then I have a coupon coding. (laughs) And I have a a coupon code. And what color would you like those in? But, like, just replace the first cable in your set, like, from your guitar to your pedal board or from your guitar to your amp. Replace it and see the difference that's on there. Because capacitance is basically, it's, it's that resistance of the signal for getting from your guitar to either your pedal board and from, you know, your pedal board and then to your amp and everything. And you look at the guitar, I feel like from when I started playing guitar to where, like, to now, like 20-some odd years later, on the way the guitars are, like I believe, and I could be wrong, but I feel like pedal boards in general have gotten just massive. <laughs> on there, I look at, I try to think of like my guitar oh, here. Totally, was growing up.
0: mine like, has gotten massive.
1: Yeah, um I have amassed more, like of course, because I'm like I need to take pictures, and so I need to get more pedals, and this is an excuse for me to get more pedals. Uh, yeah.
0: It's a shame how those business expenses go. I know how that's going to.
1: But so, like, I, I sorry, I totally got off track on how things are going here. But capacitance plays a role in that. Like, so on longer runs of guitar cable, the more capacitance you have, it's measured in picofarads per foot. Is how you look at it. So the higher that capacitance number is, the more resistance there is in that signal getting into your pedal board or amp or wherever you're at so if you were to look at you know a lot of these guitar cables that are out there your mass-produced ones that you're going to find in your your music store your sam ash your guitar center or anything like that you're going to have a hard time finding out what their capacitance rating are like it's not necessarily something that they publish on there and they're usually
0: in the you want it to be smoke and mirrors yes yes and as you go
1: as you start looking out there i mean you're looking you know, anywhere between 90 to 120, 100, you know, 90 picofarads per foot on there. Wow. But and you know, and some of them can be even higher. But if you look at where we, the products that we source, the cable that we went after, we wanted to go with something that had low capacitance, but also really felt good, <laughs> like was really good. Like, I know one thing I hate as a guitar, like as a guitar player, is cables that move you. Like where you always feeling like you're having to throw it behind you or get oh, yeah. things going there, um, so we
0: are constantly
1: not uh, like always has the kinks. Uh, yeah. The worst feeling in the world yeah. is like. Yeah, yeah. And so, we went with the guitar, you know, with cables that had low capacitance, and so you know our classic series cable is twenty seven point four picofarads per foot on there, which is really low. So even on super long runs, if you're going to run like a 50 foot cable, the impact on your signal is not going to is is going to be not That's as apparent. Huge. Yeah, yeah, that makes a big deal. Yeah, massive. Um, you know, we had made some cables for a few studios out in New York that, um, you know, we'd always made these cables that were you know 25, 30, 35 feet, and they called us and they're like, "Can you make us one? And we want them at like, um, we want unbalanced cable. Can you make them at like? We want one that's at 55 feet or a couple of other 55 feet. And then a few other ones that are like pushing close to 70 feet. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll make those for you. And I was like, all right, so afterwards, I'm just going to plug these in to my guitar amp. And like, I was a convert at that. I was like, I'm a convert in my own <laughs> thing that I'm making here. Cause even at seven, almost yeah. 70 feet, I was just like, so blown away by how it's like, there's, like the high-end loss isn't there. It's not muddy. It doesn't sound all, like I'm not having to adjust my tone. Like how I plugged it in with my 10-foot cable, it sounded the same when I plugged in with my, you know, the this, this 70-foot cable on there. So yeah, capacitance plays a role on there. So like I said, our, our baseline guitar cable starts at 27. Um, our Tour Series then goes down to 20 picofarads per foot. Um, definitely a thicker, more durable cable really meant for like the road. Because it's going to withstand, as someone told me, like it will withstand a a silly roadie running it over with a a flight case. (laughs) It will do that. Um, And then our HD series, which um, will be rolling out um, on the 14th, so this Friday. I'm not sure when this will air, but it rolls out on August 14th, so it may already be out at this point. Um, It that's going to that actually goes down to 15 picofarads per foot. So really designed for. Like it's great for in the studio. You're not going to get any of that kind of feedbacky, noisy stuff like that going on there. But it's still durable enough that you can go out and run it on a you know, on a stage somewhere. Hopefully, we'll be out on stages soon (laughs) because we need concerts. But yeah, it will stand all of that.
0: Yeah, you sent me that one for the giveaway, Mm -hmm. and I plugged. So my pedal steel guitar is uh, very hot. They come with like an 18k. Um, Mm pickup. So I plugged that thing direct into my amp and your cable was the equivalent of like very um, high proof bourbon. It's that like, you know, you're, (laughs) you're getting the full experience and, you know, if you want the bite, it's going to be there. But the cool thing about that is, like you said, in a studio when you need to run something 70 feet and you want to preserve that signal as much as possible and yeah. in in post, if you want to EQ something out, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's always better to work with a better source signal mm-hmm. than you can't put highs back that aren't there or you're going to get noise Yep, when you're doing things. So uh, awesome. I mean, yep. I know that guy that got that giveaway cable is probably loving his life right now. <laughs> and you do
1: a lot of giveaways too. So we do. Um, we, we, as a new like from a business standpoint like our thing was like cuz a lot of people always ask us right like they're I get it I did the same thing when I was young and in a band and I'm not saying just young but like was in a band and everything right you always want free stuff like that who doesn't like free guitar cables like why not why not ask <laughs> you know why not and so we Everybody do we told us to ask <laughs> yeah like so we'll do giveaways we do things with a lot of um you know established brands a lot of you know a lot of instagram musicians a lot of things like that because our thing is like we want to make sure that we set some aside like are always making sure that our products are getting out because we one we're a new brand so from a music you know from business standpoint like you got to get your name out there um but two it's like we just honestly like our deep down core belief is that we believe everyone should have good guitar gear like everyone should have be able to have a good guitar cable like so yeah that's we do do those giveaways quite a bit
0: unless they want that DIY crust punk like ripped up crate amp sound <laughs> and then they can do they can do what they want but
1: sure just uh, cobble some stuff together why not
0: yeah yeah but then you? they'll come to the same realization as we all had that mm-hmm. it's like oh a nice sound is actually nice yes uh, but um uh, well i know speaking of what you said things have grown and changed and y'all are like exploding busy so tell me a little bit about like what has surprised you since it's only been a few months and since you started and then i'm sure during a pandemic you were one of the people that's had an outrageous number of orders because you know all these musicians are at home Mm -hmm. with their gear acquisition syndrome (sighs) and buying everything
1: gear acquisition syndrome is a real thing it should be diagnosed I, I it's believe. dangerous it is diagnostic and statistical manual <laughs> it's there's too many people that are out there on instagram and facebook and youtube that make insanely great demos of pedals or guitars and everything and it's amazing how your your thought process gets skewed and you're like four hundred fifty dollars for a pedal. That sounds reasonable to me. It was handmade by one guy. So you skew your. Not only
0: is it reasonable, but I physically need that. I physically, it's like that's where you know it's turned into an addiction. Where you're like, you're like, how? What can I move around? Can I sell something? Can I? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so yeah, um, we started in um, February or January. We kicked off at the beginning of of twenty twenty. Um, was our, our thing. And I think one thing that surprised us the most is how insanely gracious people are with their time and information and like how genuine, like I've always believed that the music community is, is just full of genuine people that are out there. Um, But how many times, like I've just been able to reach out to somebody that I've, you know, happened to talk to on Instagram, and just be like, "Hey, do you got a second to talk about something business related?" Like, like I have a business question because I'm still learning how to run this as a, mm. as an entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, how insanely gracious people are with their information. Like, perfect example. Like um, Ian Allison, bass player that I love. Like. Mm-hmm. We he we gave some uh, gave him some of our cables on there. Um and I was like, "Hey, I and as I tell anybody that we send a cable to, like, give me feedback. What do you like? What do you not like on the about my cable?" And he's like, "Hey, and usually some people will just send me like a quick message on Instagram and I love all that stuff. It's all information I enjoy." He's like, "Hey, can I call you?" And like my first reaction was like okay, like what happened? Did it not work? What's going on here? Are, are we breaking up right now? Yeah. yeah. And we ended up talking for like an hour and a half, not just about cables, but like everything from like social media and how to run an effective social media, um, account and things that like on that nature. And I'm like, this was not information that I was looking for. And it was just like freely given, um, on there, and he's actually my inspiration for posting my my senior photo on there nice. <laughs> because he had posted his, and I'm like, I can I can top that. I have a good senior photo
0: too. Um, I think yours is crazier than mine, but I think my long hair would shock a lot of people. <laughs> I was very metal and wore a lot of leather in high school. <laughs> so
1: yes, um, so yeah, it's just how freely people will give of their time and their information and their knowledge. And we'll just like, just give you that to like, like they want to see this, this industry continue and succeed. And it's not necessarily like even people that, you know, are doing, you know, run custom cable houses or run cable brands, like just talk and give information back and forth because like, we're probably not reaching the same people. We're probably talking about that. But if our main belief is that we believe everyone should have good gear Like we all are working for the same goal here and we all just really want people to make music is really what it's all about. Like if I have somebody that can use my guitar cable, (laughs) sorry, there was my child, but (laughs) it's okay. Yeah. Now we're even now we're even, Um, (laughs) it's the first day of, homeschooling preschool in our house so oh we started yesterday so yes they have been up since 3 30 this morning coming into our room like it's preschool today and i'm like it's bedtime go back to bed yeah, <laughs>
0: anyway. yeah you just keep that magic in like 10th grade <laughs> i want you to remember that
1: feeling and that was my thoughts um but yeah like anyway going back to that is like people just want to have this industry succeed and i think that it's people are genuine and i i always believe that but it was just to have those beliefs confirmed that this industry is just full of like good people that are out there are out there. And so just reaffirm that belief.
0: Yeah. I um, I've been kind of blown away from the same thing, whether it's like Sean Arbo, we, we chatted for a long time after. And then like, I would be totally remiss not to shout out my dude, Blake uh, from the tone mob. He's literally I've said it like 10 times, but he has literally been like my, uh, Yoda. He's just like imparted so much. And I know he's like one of the busiest people I know in my Uh entire life, but yet, you know, every time I, I'm like, Hey, I've got a question. Every time I get him on the phone, it's like an hour. And it's like, dude, I know you've got to do something right now. Like, I know you have something more important to talk about, but yeah, uh, I think we've heard it you know, from all these different people from before. And I think that's why so many people want to be involved in the music and the gear industry is because I think most it's attracting mostly people who want to help people. And, you know, it's like Fender released that study. I think what was it about a year ago that, you know, over 50% of new players are female Uh and just capitalizing on the fact that like, let's get, diversity in the people that are playing music as well as represented in music and um you know there's only going to be more opportunities when we increase you know and make people feel welcome to uh play play music and to share music and to get out there and i think the only thing we have to do is help or do something about the internet trolls but that has nothing to do with music and more to do with the internet yeah so.
1: And I feel you, like, that study that you're talking about on Fender, like, I have that bookmarked, like, it is, as the father of twin daughters, um, like, nothing would give me more pride than if my girls were like, we're going to start a band together, or we've got two different bands, and we got this, and I want to play, you know, want to play guitar, I want to play the violin, or whatever they want to do to be, like, i would i would love if one of them just took my love of drums and i think one of them is going to be a drummer i've got my fingers family broken. band i've got my fingers <laughs> crossed because i'm like she's got that that instinct and she can like uh like this isn't a, a brag or anything but like at three like was feeling the beat of things and was like on tempo on things i'm like oh <gasps> like maybe you, we have something here i was yes. like you're you're clapping on beat like i don't know there's adults that can't clip on, clap on beat and you are like on tempo like ugh. all right so i hope one day she'll be a drummer if not like that's fine but like yeah we need to get more people involved in this and like he said more diversity and get more people in there and, and I'm, I'm glad that you know all these new guitar players all these like female guitar players that have always been there and now are more getting more and more recognition out there because it's it, it's about time <laughs> To be, to be honest so yeah, absolutely makes me excited for music
0: well i know you have this new cable coming out this week i think this episode'll either be out right after that or the week after that but mm-hmm. we'll have been telling people for weeks now so uh anything else you want people to be looking on the horizon for you all
1: so we yeah like you said we got our hd cable coming out um super low capacitance really just it's it was designed for the studio, but it has the durability and strength to take it out on the road with you. Um, you know, you're not gonna have to worry about it if somebody runs out like it, you know, hopefully one day in the near future a roadie actually is able to run over one of our cables because I really want shows to happen again. Um yeah. but it's durable enough to go out on the road, but it's gonna work perfectly fine in your studio and you're gonna get that that clean, crisp sound and you're gonna be able to put everything out into whatever you're recording, especially now with all the home recording that's out there. I mean, that's one thing that I've loved about this pandemic, um, which sounds really weird to say, is all the home music that people have been making, like just recording at home and just because we've got that time now. Um, but yeah, so we got the HD cable coming out. Um, that'll be coming out on August 14th or it'll have already been out. Great thing. As far as other things to look out for us in the future, our big thing is like, we're always going to keep... Ki- more and more colors that are coming out because we know that that not everyone wants a neon pink guitar cable or a neon green guitar cable and so we're always introducing more and more new colors so we've got some we've been shopping around getting some new colors in place here so those will be coming soon as we roll things out and then um you know just some more um like products that will be coming out there that will help you out in your your home studio or anything like that. We've got some new products that we're putting together and out and testing um, right Great. now. So yeah, all sorts of new stuff.
0: That's good. And another, I want to shout out how beautiful that partnership cable with mother Mary is too. So oh, people need to go check that thing out. That thing is slick.
1: Yeah. Brief side note. Cause I got to tell this story um, about mother Mary. So we met Anthony from mother Mary um, because he, he messaged me one day saying like hey like where does the name caulfield come from and i told him like oh it's you know from catcher nice. in the catcher in the rye come to find it and i told him like it was the name of a band i was in all this stuff so in the time that i was in that my band caulfield he was in another band that had a catcher in the rye themed band name
0: oh <laughs> this is
1: time, great. i was like hey there was more than one of us that was a <laughs> out there it
0: wasn't the same name it
1: wasn't the same name um so yeah it was just kind of interesting like hey so we connected over that but yeah anthony and those guys over at mother mary um i swear up and down by those straps and um they're just beautiful gorgeous stuff and yeah so we did a partnership with them and made them some guitar cables as well so check those out as
2: well
0: well before we round out and wrap things up asher Um, where do you want people to look and find everything that Caulfield Cable's doing?
1: Yeah. So you can go to caulfieldcables.com. That is our, our website. Um, you'll find everything that we currently sell. If there's something on our website that, you know, a color you don't see or a tip orientation, or you want something with a different tip than what we offer, shoot it. We have a, a form on there for custom orders shoot us a message we get back to you in about 48 hours and we will let we we will make anything that you want like that is our whole thing we not only do we have our set standard products what are the things that people tend to buy the most of that like but we will gladly make you anything that you want um we have gotten tons of crazy requests that i always look at and like how does this work like what would you how would you want this and then they send me pictures i'm like ah totally makes sense yeah. now i get it um, you're hooking up your flute to your guitar pedals. I can see why you why that. you would need that exactly. Um, and so I like solving those problems. So yeah, go to CaulfieldCables.com. shop our products there. Shoot us a message if you want us to to do anything um, on Instagram. We're just at coffield cables, um, and we we try to get content out there as much as we can keep an eye on our stories. I don't have any more embarrassing senior photos, but um, (laughs) my mom is a treasure trove of embarrassing photos of my growing up. So I'm sure they will get posted on there at some point. Solid. That
0: is good, man. Well, um, I love everything you've been doing. I love the cables I've got. Now I have a custom XLR as well. Mm -hmm. Everything has been awesome. So lastly to round out why, why, do you think it's important to encourage people to make more music?
1: Oh, like how much time do we have for this answer? Because <laughs> music is so important to me. Um, I just love talking to people about music because I feel that it it's it surprises people, right? Like you don't know. Like I have friends that are, you know, you'd look at them and they're like, "Oh, total IT nerd," and they're just like oh no, I I like Norwegian death metal and all this other stuff. And it's like- So true, yeah. Whoa, like that's not what I would assume because music is so personal, right? And so there's always somebody out there that's got their own viewpoint on how something should sound on there. And yes, there's, there's only so many chords you can play or the way things are done and all that stuff. But I love hearing people's new perspective on music and how something should sound, you know? And so, yeah, people just continuing to make more music. And I, I, I mean, with all the home recording and Ableton and all these things and people making music that don't even know, like don't even know chords. They just know what they they hear it in their head. Like it's, it's huge to me. And so, yeah, I just love listening to music. So keep making more music. Cause I like listening to all of it. <laughs> it's just,
0: crucial i think and i think especially as we go through all these crazy times and Mm -hmm. we uh you know pete like you said there's nothing new under the sun there's no new ways to make cords and things like that but there's only one you so Mm -hmm. you got to do that well asher great chat if people already don't understand that they should be checking out your cables by now maybe they need to go get tested for coronavirus or something. I don't know, like something's going on. Um, But I'm sure you and I will catch up again soon. It's been awesome working with you over the past little bit. So everybody for Chris and for Asher, give more grace, share more love and make more music. All right, music makers. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Asher from Caulfield Cables. And if you did, I would love it if you would go check out all the stuff Caulfield Cables is doing on their website, on their Instagram. And if you're in the market for a new cable, check it out. They're cool. They're dependable. And you'd be helping out him and helping out the show. So other than that, other ways you can help out the show, it would help a lot if you could leave a rating and review on your podcast player and tell a friend that's always helpful but reach out ask some questions too i i'm gonna do a question episode in the near future here so hit me up with anything about making music or people you want to hear or suggestions or anything other than that you can email me at makemoremusicpodcast at gmail.com find our instagram at make.more.music and stay tuned i've got a couple more great episodes coming up for you as we get towards this final push for the end of season two All right, you all, now let's get on to this new music shout-out. Today's new music shout-out is from Brian Mackey. He is a singer-songwriter that spends time both in New Jersey and New York, and he had this uh, coronavirus song that he submitted to me, and I just think it's an interesting take on what's going on. Its production quality is good, and it sounds nice and catchy, so enjoy this chat. This is Keep the World Alive by Brian Mackey. It's a good tune, so y'all stay safe. Remember, give more grace, share more love, make more music, and enjoy this new music shout-out. See you on the next round.
2: Remember, my dear, when Corona was just a beer and we didn't need a mask to leave the house? Remember, my love, when we didn't wear the gloves to pick? From the supermarket shelf And I would say We need a brighter day I would say would say